The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Um, so yeah, so I don't think we'll do that. But anyway, uh, murder in mind. I'm looking while. forward to this. Um, okay. <coughs> what is the intro? <laughs> 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 be coughing my guts up it seems <laughs> right Hello and welcome to the Murder in Mind podcast brought to you by SJP World Media. A look back at the BBC anthology series Murder in Mind. I'm one half of your hosting duo Morty and I am joined by King of the Castle, my big bearded buddy, Mr. Cy Powell. How are you, Cy? Samuel, I am very, very well indeed. How are you? You're only saying that because you only learnt my name recently. I did, literally like this. <laughs> what was it? It must have been two or three days ago. Maybe even yesterday. Actually. Like, it might have been yesterday. That's your name that we've been talking. Yeah. I, I no idea. I don't know what I thought Morty or Mort was short for, but I don't. And this is so stupid. But I assumed it was your first name. I don't know why. <laughs> I'd say you're not the only one. Bang Bang Andy thought it was as well. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, we've been doing this show for a little while now, and you're like, "That's your name?" <laughs> yeah, that is so strange. It's so strange, and it's only because it popped up on my people you might know on Facebook, and I was like, "I know that face, but that name is not correct." <laughs> I thought yeah, you had like you a, my name was like Morticia or something. I, oh yeah, it could have been short for Morticia, <laughs> like an alternative lifestyle or something, or perhaps perhaps the, the profile on Facebook of Sam is an alternative lifestyle. Perhaps that's a well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, there was there was a uh, girl I used to hang with that used to call me Mortilicious. Ah, okay. Yeah, she did, yeah. I'm not going to do that. No. No. Anyway, <laughs> sexy sigh. How have you been? All right, mate. All right. Not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, people would have heard on, on Chain Wrestling and that return and so on. Christmas was a bit of a blowout for us with the old COVID and all that sort of nonsense. But glad to be back doing this, bud. I've got my mug of tea. I've got my beaker of Vimto. I've got my comfy slippers on. I'm ready to go. Lovely. I've got me sexy gym jams. I got um, I got computer game gym jams on. They're covered in like Pac-Man and all that sort of stuff, and they're a bit fleecy, mate. So I get a bit warm. Yeah, that's the opposite of sexy, isn't it? What Space Raiders, Pac-Man, and that? Well, just like you know, sweaty. <laughs> well, yeah, this is true. This is true. But to be fair, the wife sweaty did buy Pac-Man. them for me, so maybe that's what she's in. I don't know. <laughs> if you find Pac-Man sexy, then there's something wrong with you. Um, yeah. Unless yeah. you're Mrs. Pac-Man. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope that's still together. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a while. We've had a little break. Um, we, we finished series one of the uh, Murder in Mind from 2001. Uh, we're now in 2002. Mm, well, we're not. That would be, <laughs> that would be freaky. Uh but um, at the time of recording, it's 2023. So we are, you know, 21-year-old television. Yeah, and, and this episode, there's a couple of uh, hints towards that, I think. Mm. You know, but it doesn't hurt it. I won't dive into too much now, obviously, because we're going to run through the show and so on. But it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt it, I don't think. 
No, I would I would agree. There's some of it's quite uh, but I suppose you've got the nostalgia factor. I think it's old enough now to be nostalgic, mm. isn't it? I think there's some of that that we've seen already. Where sometimes you watch TV that's older and it is a bit aged and it's a bit, uh, especially like the language some people use and the way that certain people are, you know, portrayed depending on where they're from in the world and such. But sometimes you watch things like in the 70s and you go, oh, I remember those, I remember those. I think 2000s now are old enough for you to go, oh, do you remember that mobile phone? Or do you remember dial-up internet and all that kind of stuff? You know? oh, I read something the other day that, uh, you remember that 70s show? I do. I Apparently on, on Netflix, they're starting a new one called That 90s Show. Oh, no. And it's got Red and Kitty in it again, but obviously a different collection of kids. I don't know if it's going to be their grandkids or what, I'm not sure. But, but in the description, I read that the start date of that 90s show to present day is longer than the start date of that 80s, that, sorry, that 70s show to when that first aired. And that made me feel like ancient. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like uh, when, you, when you look back at things. I know when I was a kid, um, I'm, I'm 32. Uh, and when I was, um, you know, sort of brought up, people talk about the 70s like it was a million years ago. Mm. Um, and now you sort of go, well, actually, I say this is 20 odd years ago. Uh, it doesn't yeah. feel it. You know, it's, uh, it's, to it's, me, crazy. I still, to me, I still think it's like 2000, 2001, 2002. If people say to me the 80s, I think, oh, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, yeah. obviously, I was born in 81. I'm not 21. So I know it's not 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, uh, we're both wrestling fans. And it's like when things, uh, at the moment, people are talking a lot about, certain things that happened in like 2010, 2011, people look back at like CM Punk stuff, all of this, we've mm. got stuff talking about him. And I feel like that's a couple of years ago, but it's, yeah. it's like 12 years ago, whatever it is now. And you go, jeez, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, crazy. like Nexus being the new hot thing. That was 13 years ago almost, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's, uh, anyway, that's us two being old. Um, <laughs> so yeah, as Sai kind of alluded to, um, this episode, uh, is series two episode one called passion mm. uh, i don't know what that noise was um it first aired on the 5th of january 2002 so very very close to uh yeah yeah so it was a, it was a new year sh- new year new show um this episode was written by a guy called simon sharkey recognize that i do where you do that name from but you do because he wrote uh the episode neighbors Ah, okay. If yes. you remember, I said that he uh, he wrote a few in each series. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he wrote he wrote Neighbours, which is one that I believe we both put in the bin. We did. We both yes. said it should be murdered. So good luck, Simon. Barring <laughs> barring the glorious Denise Valentin, that was not a good watch. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she can stay. Yeah, she definitely can. <laughs> um. Yeah, so shall we just get into this episode, Sai? Yeah, let's do it. So I've got, I've got in there that it was a, a busy street, presumably London, and it's in the daytime again, Sai. I've got daytime. Yeah, I've got and daylight, it's written yeah. by the guy who did the last daytime opening oh, as well. It's a bit of a concerning open, isn't it? <laughs> a bit worrying, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, I've got, I think it's London. Looks like London. I don't know. I, I thought about this afterwards because there's nothing that really sort of signals exactly where it is. I mean, in the past you've had newspapers that sort of give away the locations and mm. so on, but yeah, this is, there's no real signs was, to where this is. There was big red buses. So I'm mm. just being all American about it and assuming yeah. 
<laughs> well, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, we've not got any red buses here. Have you not? No. No. Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you what colour my buses are, my local buses. No. No, no, I think they're orange and black. Okay. Ours are run by Stagecoach, and anyone who listens to Chain Wrestling Live will know that. I'm not a big fan of that company. No. I'm aware that you're not a big fan because I've seen your Twitter rants. (laughs) Yeah, I use certain words. (laughs) (laughs) I use certain words that is probably not suitable for this podcast. (laughs) And this is a podcast about murder. It (laughs) says a lot, really. (laughs) Fuck you, Stagecoach. Um, yeah, we're taken to a large office block uh, and there's a bunch of smokers outside. And then suddenly, a uh, potential jumper, someone comes down with a hell of a fud on top of a, was it, on top of a uh, glass, what would you call that? It's like a lean-to or a pavilion or whatever, yeah. isn't it, I suppose. And like, first of all, that, that, that whole thing there, I took that as a, obviously we find out later on, it's a little, not, not exactly what it seems, but I took that as everyone was having a smoking break out the front but when did the smoking mm. ban come in obviously they wouldn't be allowed to smoke in work but smoking ban came in i think around 2006 okay because this this felt they used to have the smoking room didn't they hence the yeah. uh series about it yeah there you go because this felt like seeing everyone outside having a smoke break together and then the mm-hmm. amount of people outside having a smoke break this felt this is one of the first things that stands out to me as being a bit dated because mm. i don't think you get that anymore I think I I don't know. I mean, uh, the places that I go into work, people have smoke breaks, but obviously they're on shift, so only like mm. two or three will go at a time. You don't tend mm. to have that a gaggle of smokers, if that's the correct vernacular. I think that is. I think that is the correct term for a plural of people yeah. smoking. It's not a herd, is it? A, a herd of smokers. I don't know. Maybe both. Both could work. I'll go with gaggle. All right, let's go with gaggle. <laughs> um, but yeah, some a lady, it seems. Um, Falls. It's quite. I mean, we've had some openings that have obviously started with murders, but that's quite a graphic opening. There was a lot of yeah. blood, and yeah, what did? And then it pans up, and we see someone not very clearly at the beginning, or it could be my eyes, uh, looking over the side, which kind of makes you think either could be a suicide, maybe she was just pushed. What do you think about this opening? Hell of an opening. Well, yeah, straight away you're thinking, okay, what well, we've said it before in previous episodes, haven't we? It, the show is called Murder in Mind. We know mm. there's going to be a murder. So it opens like this, and you're thinking, okay, well, there's the murder then. Mm. So it's going, to, and then <laughs> you kind of get uh, a few more scenes, and then you sort of travel back in time a little bit, building up to this moment. Mm. So we've had that in the past, haven't we? Where we've almost been living in flashbacks to what we, you know, that reference the, the opening scene. We've had that in one or two episodes. Mm-hmm. So I initially thought, all right, that's the murder then. That's what's that that's the end product so to speak yeah yeah uh, I, I again this is an episode i've seen many times so i know you know obviously what it is and i know what's going to happen it's an episode that's stuck in my mind some of the episodes i've watched i've forgotten certain details this one i remembered the, the whole thing really but um yeah I, I can i i'm glad again one of the many reasons it's great doing this with you um that probably would have been my thought i probably mm. would have thought that's the murder now we're going to find out what builds to that um but yeah but as as you've said um there's more to it than meets the eye yes um so then we we go to a courtroom quite quickly and there's a there's a lady there who um is called mrs croft i think they refer to her as here she's on the stand she's played by a lady called angela ridgeon 
Angela Ridgeon is. I'm finding my notes. I did make a note. Uh, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> she. Where is Angela Ridgeon? Sorry about this. That's right. I have got nothing on Angela Ridgeon. There you go, Angela Ridgeon. <laughs> I've got nothing on her for some reason. Maybe she hasn't been in that much, and that's why I didn't do it. Maybe I'm just bad at this. It was. It was weird because I did recognise her, but I don't know where from. But mm. maybe she's just got one of those faces that seems familiar. Maybe. Um, I did. I, I remember thinking that as well. And I remember the name Angela Ridgen. So that's why I thought I had made notes about it. Uh, but she is, I'm going to tell you now. Oh, she was in Footballers Wives. Oh, I never really saw that. Yeah, she was in six episodes of Footballers Wives as Trisha Watson. And other than that, not a great deal. A couple of episodes of The Bill, episode of My Family, episode of London's Burning. Not much. So I guess that's okay. why I didn't make any notes, because you don't matter, Angela. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Angela's on, on trial for, uh, for murder. Um, and I'm an absolute fool because I've written in my notes... With Mrs. Croft on the stand, she played by Angela Ridgeon, who apparently was in Footballers' Wives, The Bill, and The Usual Bit Pass. There you I go. I just didn't put it in the usual place. <laughs> oh, this is a good start. Um, they talk about her motive, which apparently was her husband allegedly having an affair. Yeah. Um, we see her husband, which is uh, which is a guy called um, Mark Womack, who's got a fairly recognisable face as well, I think. I recognise the surname. But I don't know where I'd know him from. Samantha Womack, you might Ah, uh, that's probably right, yes. Yeah, so I believe that's his wife. Okay. Because she was Samantha something else when she was younger, when she was in Game On and all of that. Oh, yeah, I definitely recognise her, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, I believe that's his wife. But if I'm wrong, of, of all the people that would know, I think Steve will know. Steve will tell us. Yeah. Steve I don't know why I, know, I think that. But he's just an encyclopedia, isn't he? He knows, <laughs> yeah. he knows everything. Yeah, I just think because she was the EastEnders and Game On, they both seemed like things he would watch. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Game On was great. I love Game On. Yeah, I like Game On, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's one of those actors that's sort of been in everything. Um, it, usually it's kind of one or two episodes. He's, he's got lots of um, credits to his name. Whilst we're here as well, obviously you mentioned earlier, um, the main character that we will see in a little bit, she's not in this courtroom, uh, is Pauline Quirk, mm-hmm. who you know as? Sharon. From Birds of a Feather. Yep. So we spoke when we first started doing this um, series. And one of the things that sort of attracted you to it, um, there's a few things. One of the things was that there's some actors that are quite early in their careers, but there's also, like I said, some soap actors that were given maybe an opportunity that you wouldn't expect them to have, and some comedic actors doing more serious roles. This, as far as I can find, is her first sort of serious role, really, because okay. at this point she was known as, you know, sort of frumpy, silly Sharon from Birds mm. of a Feather. Um, in later years, you know, she did get some acclaim for serious roles in Broadchurch. I think she was in Emmerdale for a while. People said she was really good in. Yeah, there you go. Emmerdale's what I'm thinking of. I know she was in Emmerdale. Mm. Yeah, and she, in Broadchurch, she was really, really good. Very, very um, captivating. Um, like, Birds of a Feather finished quite a few years before this, though, didn't it? It was, it was a 90s show. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it finished that long before this. Okay. Um, I could be wrong. I thought it finished late, late 90s. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think she, I think even then she would have had a stab at sort of comedy things as far as I can find that this is sort of her first 
drama type thing, at least at least on this mm. scale. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a back then, especially it's a different role to see her in. It's not aged um, well either, mind you. See, like reruns of Birds of a Feather on some of these. So you know, you know like the the the, the um the, the channels on cable that you get yep. whether you want them or not, and they mm-hmm. replay all sorts of stuff. And Birds of a Feather tends to be on some of those. You you click on it. Oh, that's in nine years, and I watch about ten minutes, and I'm like, yeah, this this is not. No. Well, they bought it back in 2014, didn't they? Yes. They had a new series. Apparently, that the original series ended on the 23rd of December 1998. Oh, okay. So only a few years before this. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, she was mostly known for comedy before this, really. Um, <clears throat> so there's a bit. Of, there's a bit of the admin. They've got a band to rights I've written here. Um, they found all kinds of things. They found her hair. They found scissors with her fingerprints that we use as a murder weapon. They say trainers with blood on. Uh, all sorts of different things, which we'll we'll come across later, um, and also the security. They yeah. saw her, and they flash up to the security driver, and I love that security driver. Okay. Do you know why I love that security driver? Why is that? Because it's kind of almost sort of nearly a Doctor Who alert. Oh, brilliant stuff. And I was so close to not having one. <laughs> <laughs> I was scraping the barrel, and I found the security guard was played by Perry Blanks. And he was a van driver. <laughs> so he's very tight in, cast. <laughs> he, was, he was a van driver in an episode of Sarah Jane's Adventures, Series 4, Episode 4, Volta Secrets. That was close. That was a there close one. That works for me, mate. That works for me. It, it's there. It's in the Doctor Universe. He was in it. Yes. There we go. <laughs> With regards to the, um, the, the court case, and they've got yeah. a bang to rights, mm. it is that thing. Of, there is so much evidence. List, oh, they are literally good. listing bullet points, aren't they? There is so much yep. there. It's almost like what if you were a detective or a, a prosecutor and you could make a list of what you'd have to try and get somebody the guilty verdict... Mm-hmm. They're reading the list that the prosecutors handwritten themselves. There's everything there. There's the murder weapon. There's fingerprints. There's there's all sorts of stuff. And then uh, there's everything. then there's other bits that just sort of add, I suppose, background to the accusation of this affair and why this this murder has happened. Mm. For example, and this is one of the reasons I well, this is the reason I want to bring it out because it's another one that sort of dates the show. They talk about the page being ripped from the phone book, don't they? Yep. Yeah. And it was for uh, private investigators. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, oh, phone books. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why people stopped using them, because they kept getting caught. Yeah. 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 Just kept ripping out pages. Yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you just look at it and then make the call and then shut the, you know, if, if, if that was the case? Maybe you're not going to make the call from your house, because they could track uh, it from your landline. Uh, so you yeah. would go down to the local uh, phone box. Mine and your memories are crap. Yeah, it's just I'll true. Put it on my phone and the notes. Could write it on your hand, though, couldn't you? You wouldn't want to carry the whole book down there, would you, I suppose? No, I would just write it on my hand. Do you remember when they and used then, to be And phone then I would books? get sweaty and wipe my brow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I would a big smudge across your noggin. <laughs> Do you remember when you used to get phone books in the phone box? As you started saying it, my brain started going ticking. Yeah, I remember like a BT book. Yeah. It was like a big yellow one. It was like a BT one, wasn't it? Yeah, it used to be on a little shelf. Mm-hmm. And they have a little chain to make sure nobody could nick it, but everyone yep. fucking did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I had completely forgotten about them until you mentioned that. Because I'm talking about the nostalgic part. 
Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, there you go. Welcome to the Morty and Cy Nostalgia podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, like you said, they, you know, if you were in that uh, jury, you think, oh, nice easy, yeah. nice easy case this. Off I yeah. trot. Um, yeah, so uh, we then uh, we then get a flashback, as you said, to the call centre. So it's, I think it's a call centre. Yeah, I mean that that section of it is is like the call center, isn't it? It's almost like a customer mm-hmm. service line, I'm assuming. Because isn't it something to do with? I want to say insurance, but I'm not sure that's right. Uh, I've watched it many times, and I do not remember. I don't think they ever really specify. No. He kind of says that he's going on a you know a work trip, and it's it's something to do with finance and this that and the other. But that could be anything. It's just kind of a generic mm. customer service type section i guess yeah. yeah i think it's literally like yeah. the, the section of you know because they're asking for like people's um customer reference numbers off letters and stuff aren't they so that you know that's that's like your first yeah. point of call isn't it before you get diverted off to other places i would guess yeah so it, you see pauline quirk um that's when you first see her interesting sort of get up that she's got yeah very deliberately done to look i think quite i suppose don't want to sound harsh here but drab maybe is the, yeah. is the term you could use yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, sort of a style of clothes and even, you know, hairstyle and everything. Mm. Uh, her job seems to be uh, maybe um, uh, call quality assurance, but she's not very good at it. No, she's listening because into various phone calls. She listens she? into the calls and she clicks and she listens and then she clicks to another one and they're having a personal call and she goes, oh, I don't see any problem with that. And she clicks to another one. <laughs> I'm not sure what her actual job is. No, occasionally rolls her eyes and tats and then clicks to the next one. Maybe she's maybe she is like either really bad at her job or she's just a crazy nice person and wants them to carry on their personal call. Well maybe she's supposed to be calling like everyone else. She's just a nosy bitch. Oh, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> she's sat very much at the head of the table though, isn't she? She is like the supervisor. Yeah, yeah she's clearly supposed to be uh, monitoring yeah. their calls. Maybe she is just giving them a bit of leeway. Mm. yeah maybe um yeah we see her for the first time and um we see kerry for the first time uh, who i've written is very dawn yes she was <laughs> like oh it's dawn straight away yeah you so know? so she is played by the lady that played dawn in the office so this actually came out as i said in 2002 mm-hmm. the office aired, i believe from 2000 until 2003 or yeah. 2000 to 2002 wasn't there two seasons and then a, yeah. cr- a couple of christmas specials like a year later maybe yeah again but i remember Steve looking back in the mean t- before and seeing that this aired in between those okay so she did season one as dawn she did this and then there was that but she's very much dawn in this yeah definitely she is 100 percent. she's dawn. working in an office <laughs> and the, got the headset on similar yeah yeah so you know she good on her for not ended up typecast because she's done yeah. gone on to do lots of different things she's since dressed exactly the same <laughs> she, she literally <laughs> is dawn in the office yeah <laughs> that's where she moved on to afterwards yeah when she when she left was it Wernham Hogg she left there yeah. is it Wernham Hogg took another office is that job, the I American think? one no the American one is Dunder Mifflin oh yeah you're right yeah, yeah. Look at you with your office knowledge. Oh, I like a bit of the office, mate. I like a bit of the office. <laughs> um, yeah, so we see Karen. She's she's very uh, very down and very upset. She's having a bit of a bit of a tiff on the phone, isn't she? So 
Mm. She is. She is. She's arguing with what we are led to believe is it, or she is her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, it almost comes across. I mean, we get a couple of these moments, don't we? Where, where I was going to call her Dawn then. It might be just easier if I do call her Dawn. Yeah, I know. Where, <laughs> where Dawn is talking on the phone to her boyfriend and it seems that she is maybe a little bit more keen on the relationship than he is. He's a bit, we, we never meet this guy. We never hear from this guy initially, like you, whatever. And she's saying, Oh, you know, I'm more of a convenience to you when you've got nothing else to do. That's when you get hold of me. And she's a bit upset about it. Isn't she? Yeah, exactly. So she, she goes down to, she goes for a cry in the toilets after having an argument with him. Um, and then, uh, you know, Paul Linkworks character who, Name will come to me in a minute. Jane. <laughs> Jane? Jane. Okay, Jane. I'm going to take your word for it. I think Jane goes... <laughs> right, because, and I'll tell you why. I'll, t- I'll tell you for why. Okay. <laughs> uh, I wrote Jen for the first 10 minutes in my notes. <laughs> and then somebody said Jane, and I went, are you the bloody hell's Jane? <laughs> and I literally had to Google the show, and I was like, oh, Jen is Jane. I've written Jen. That's wrong. <laughs> So, yeah, I have to go back and change okay. all my notes. And as I'm sat here now looking at my notes, I can see a couple that I haven't changed. So if I say Jen, <laughs> uh, basically, if people, are, if people are, are interested in watching this show, yeah. we're still going to add a level of intrigue because we're calling all the, all the you know, <laughs> characters by different names. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what's going on. We're, both it. we're doing a podcast about it. We don't know what's happening. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she, she follows her to the toilets. Um, and, I mean, she's... She, She's been supportive, but she's been quite stern about it. Which basically saying, you know, just dump the guy. Um, she said she was with him for six months. Um, they played really tense music at this point, which I thought was a bit off. The music throughout this, I think, is a bit. Mm. It's a bit on the nose, if anything. Yeah. It's a bit. I, I like I like stuff that sort of maybe it can be quite subtle and you know adds to what you're listening to rather than slaps you across the face. Mm-hmm. Or adds to what you're watching. Sorry, I suppose to listen to. And here in, in this episode, I think there are certain moments with the music that is literally telling you you are supposed to feel this way at this moment, rather than letting yeah. you get there on your own with with the acting and the, and the dialogue. Yeah, rather than sort of, um, I, I I found that rather than kind of Im- improve the uh, the scenes with like a little bit of music in the background, mm. kind of slowly building up. I found it a bit distracting. There's okay, scene, yeah. especially later, um, which I'm sure you know probably know which one I mean. Where the music is especially just takes me out of it completely. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. But yeah, she's kind of just telling, yeah, just dump dump the knobhead, get rid of him, get rid of yeah. him. She keeps saying, doesn't she? Yeah. And the last uh, time is really sinister, rich, like just stone cold faced, you know, starey eyes. Get rid of him. Just stares yeah. at her. That was quite. Yeah, that was creepy. You start to get that feeling already that she's not uh, maybe the full ticket. Yeah. Um, we meet Stephen, who is um, Mark Wormat, that we spoke about earlier. And clearly straight away, it's obvious that uh, Jane fancies him. Mm-hmm. Um, he rings, he, he's, when he's talking to her, she's hanging around. And I think he's not even talking to her at this point. I think he's on the phone. And she's looking around the office and she's sort of, it keeps showing pictures of him and his wife. Yeah. And she's looking at them all and you can see in her face she's getting a bit annoyed. Yeah, so, so straight away it's hinting towards being a bit unbalanced here, isn't it? 
Yeah, exactly. And the same thing, you know, quite soon we go to the evening um, and she's off through him a coffee again. So we, we saw that earlier. So she's just constantly like, can I get you anything? Can I help you? Can I this that, and the other? Um, Offs him a coffee, says no thanks. I'll get you a sandwich. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not being funny. I love my wife very much. And I'm not, I didn't, I don't find Pauline Quirk attractive in this, particularly personally for my personal tastes. But I would have taken you up her, on, her up on the sandwich. Yeah, I would have as well. I'd have been like, oh, actually, yeah. Even if I, I weren't hungry there and then, you never know. Half hour's time, you could do it with yeah. Sarnie. Yeah, I might, I might throw her the old wink or something so she prays some crisps on next time. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I'd encourage, your, I would encourage your that snack shit. snack supplier. <laughs> I would encourage that shit. <laughs> you would get yourself in a whole world of trouble as we were about to see. <laughs> yeah. I would soon fall off that uh, corporate ladder. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, as he's working late, you know, she offers him a, a sandwich or anything. Uh, he kind of dismisses her, really. And then uh, she sees Kerry, Dawn, uh, coming out of the toilet and gives her a bit of a funny look. And I think, well, for me, obviously, I know where this is going. Did you think then, or actually, maybe, what, what did you start to think here? Because you, you, you still presumably think that that murder, that death that you saw earlier was a murder. What, what were you thinking? Right. I, I didn't know exactly what to think because i was thrown and this, this again it's, i don't know whether i'm noticing stuff i shouldn't or but i was thrown by the hair color the person who <laughs> fell from the building had dark hair yeah dawn kerry obviously has blonde hair mm-hmm. and here already they're kind of hinting at kerry maybe having a relationship with stephen you're led to believe this in a way. Then you know it's not. This maybe is where they are a bit more subtle because that you know it's not the sort of slap you across the face obviousness that we've had in other moments of the show. Mm. So I'm sort of thinking, okay, well, what's happened there then? Because the the woman who jumped was pushed. The woman who fell, should we say, had dark hair. Mm-hmm. But now they're saying that maybe this Kerry is messing around, and and the way she's talking on the phone to this this boyfriend who we, we don't know who this is this could quite easily be steven in the other room yeah and she's there saying you haven't got time for me and all this sort of stuff i'm there just when you've got nothing better to do mm. this is a sort of conversation you could potentially have with a married man i would assume i've never had that conversation myself but this is <laughs> not that i wish to divulge here anyway <laughs> uh, so again i'm sort of thinking i'm more confused than anything i'm more thinking okay well what's going on then how because that, that lady had dark hair who jumped, and Dawn's got yeah. blonde hair. So that was the thing I was kind of hung up on at this moment, really. Yeah, and one of the things, I think, um, one of the things, again, done purposely to make you think uh, think that as well, is, you know, he was kind of surprised to see Jane still in a building. Mm. He was like, oh, you're still here. Um, and then you see Kerry. So then she's like, mm-hmm. What's uh, going on? So then she goes home. I've written she lives in a very old woman house, because she's not old. Even the character I say is not old is she no no she's she's dressed and acts older than Mm. she actually is but maybe that is a i mean the the house dictates this as well potentially maybe it's a loneliness thing Mm. you know she's wearing should we say comfy clothes clothes that maybe you're sacrificing how you look a little bit for comfort around the office (laughs) and so on and she doesn't look like she makes that much of an effort with her hair or anything like that at at this point Mm-hmm. And then when we get back to her house and see her there, we can see that she is on her own, and she's and and there are big, there are big things that 
again, it comes back to slapping you around the face rather than being massively subtle. There are big mm. things to say. We are, you know, this is a lady who lives on her own and she's a bit lonely. The microwave meal for one. Yeah. That's quite a cliche, isn't it? Quite a, quite a mm-hmm. standard trope for this sort of thing. Um, I was going to say she spends the whole time when she's in her house and if we see her there talking to her cat. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I talk to my cat. <laughs> so, so you do that quite a lot. <laughs> I do. I've literally got, uh, like, I can, he's a yard away from me here. A cat on the bed that doesn't even live in my house. He <laughs> just keeps coming in, and he, he get, he's put out at night, and it's cold and it's wet, so he keeps coming in, and he's decided that he lives on my bed now. So, but so if you ever hear a noise or anything, like that, that's what that is. He's he's a very old boy, and he snores horrifically. So if you hear a wheezing noise, it's not me; it's the cat. Trust me. <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, yeah. The, the microwave meal for one as well. I felt like they were going for a bit of a joke there or two. Okay. Because she she was having, basically she comes in and she's talking to a cat. She's having a moan about Stephen's wife. He doesn't, she doesn't appreciate him. I bet she doesn't even cook for him as she takes a microwave meal out of the uh, microwave. Yeah. So I, I thought it was yeah. done for a, a slight little comedic touch. Not yeah, sure I get that. Uh, no, no, that kind of works. I get that. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do remember like watching that and going, oh, yeah. It didn't make me laugh, but I kind of went, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's talking to the cat and then she starts having a moan about, um, say about the wife, she doesn't appreciate him, etc. And then she's sitting on the sofa and she's still having that moan and you pan up and she's on the phone. Mm. And she's Because initially you're led to believe she's talking to the cat still, aren't you? Yeah. Initially you're still supposed to be led to believe she's talking to the cat. You pan up and she's on the phone. And then it's slow. The camera slowly moves across to show that the phone isn't plugged in. Yeah, that was that. I think that was really well done. You think it was well done? I like okay, that. Go on then. Okay. Because I didn't expect that. Okay. Because initially I'm thinking she's talking to the cat. Mm-hmm. And then you span out to see she's on the phone. You're like, oh, okay, she's talking on the phone. Maybe she's not as lonely. Maybe she, you know, maybe she has got a friend or a family member or whatever. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And then it starts going down the cable and I'm like, oh, this ain't going to be plugged in, is it? And it's not. And it's that realisation of she's either that batshit crazy or that lonely that she's making up conversations Mm. or she's pretending she's got a friend. And part of you feels sorry for her. Another part of you, again, you get that moment of, oh, she is, she is unbalanced, this one. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting because I never saw it as the maybe she's like pretending that she's got a friend and she's that lonely and that kind of simple thing. I thought it was just to show that she's batshit crazy. And I thought okay. it was really like punch you on the nose because why would the phone be unplugged? Why would it be unplugged? Okay. Yeah, I suppose that, I didn't even think of that. Cause then, why would it I be mean, unplugged? That would well, contribute. You can pick her. it up. Yeah. I think it would have had the same effect. I suppose if she picked it up and just started talking then you wouldn't get thinking that she's talking to the cat. But I'm not sure it's necessary to do both anyway. But she picked it up and you can hear while she's talking the uh, hang, hang up tone. Yeah, probably why she's not done it because maybe it's... Ah, uh, yeah, maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's why it is, it's annoying for her, that noise, but... Maybe. I, was I know, I, I felt... I, lo- I like your version more. It's to show her loneliness and vulnerability. I think it was just to... Personally, I think it was just to show that she's mental... And I think they did it a little bit too on the nose. They were just like, look, she's okay. crazy. <laughs> See, part of me thinks if she's that lonely, I suppose, it's, I suppose it's a contradiction really, isn't it? But if she's that lonely, 
why unplug the phone on the off chance somebody might ring? Because if yeah. you're that lonely, you're not going to want to miss that. Just call. talk to the cat like you have been. But on the other side of the coin, suddenly pick up the phone. Well, yeah, there, there you go. But on the other side of the coin, maybe she's unplugged it because of how depressed she is because nobody does ring, and that noise maybe. annoys her, and she pretends she's got a mate. I don't know. Hmm. I think it was just that. I think it was just. Look, she's mad. Mm. When she's yeah. talking to the cat. But like you said, lots of people talk to cats. So maybe that wouldn't yeah, get I do the, all the time. maybe that wouldn't get the image across that she's proper mental. Yeah, this is true. Um but yeah. I've used the word mental a lot. I don't think that's a uh, accepted term anymore. But I I do use it to describe myself. So well, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, the um she's she's got it unplugged, which I've I've written I have not written as mental here, I've written that it's uh, not very subtle. Um, but I also write, I like that little detail. So I'm completely all over the shop here. Uh, <laughs> I like the cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it does show that she's delusional. Um, and I, I think her eyes as well. And when she, I think she sold this bit very well with her eyes, she, you know, cause she was angry and she does look like, you know, she could be a bit dangerous. And I think, you know, you know, that by now, if she's a character we're following, she's going to kill someone. Yeah, we know yeah. that, you know, we've worked that out. Um, also, before we move on from the house mm. and the phone and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. the camera when we're when she's talking to the cat and on the phone scans around the house, the room, etc. And there's pictures there of I think it's her as a little girl. Yeah, because it looks similar to the pictures they might used might have used in Birds of a Feather. Birds of a Feather. Yeah, I, I I figured they were her as a child. Right, and there's other images of what looks like might have been her dad. Hmm but nothing from a certain age onwards. Yeah. So that would, and she mentions having suffered loss later on. It's a real throwaway comment later on, mm. but that's what makes me think, okay, because th- these pictures are of a certain time and nothing later, and she's got no one to talk to. I'm assuming her dad has passed away and she's quite lonely from that aspect. Mm. But when you also, you go around the room, the, you notice there's magazines, there's books, uh, and the books, I think are quite a telltale as well, because there's books on looking after your cat but there's a lot of true crime books as well. Yeah. And like yep. forensic books and, and all that sort of stuff. But also all the magazines are in dead straight lines on the table, mm-hmm. like meticulously placed with, you know, which again is a little bit OCD, a little bit leaning towards something's a bit off here. Mm. Yeah. Because I mean, <clears throat> with the organization it shows as well, I think because she's clearly not a very clean person, you know, there's stains on the, uh, on the, um, skirting boards and you know like the cat food sort of all over the place so it's not so much a cleanliness thing mm. but you can see that she's very organized with that i yeah i think i think the scanning of the room was really well done yeah but you've got a lot of details there's also you see a picture of uh steven as well yeah with what looks like something removed to the side it doesn't look like the whole image does it no it looks like it's his wife's been moved yeah that's yeah. weird yeah that's yeah and that's around the same time that you see that is when you see the phone Thing. so that's when you go oh no shit yeah yeah, yeah there yeah, we go right. there, there is. we go <laughs> <laughs> oops there tigs right? <laughs> tigs um, is the cat in case people uh, i didn't mention that before when i said poor tigs that's not just a random like, <laughs> tigs is the cat that's what the cat was called oh <laughs> tigs um yeah and then she starts following his wife yeah if you skipped anything here she starts following his wife yeah it, it was a bit odd wasn't it yeah um 
yeah, so she starts following it, his wife, and then and then we're back to the office area quite soon after, and um, she helps him pick uh, ID photos, I guess, for a passport. Yeah, it's for a no, it's for a um, uh, like a, a a sort of laminate. Oh, like a thing, isn't it? For, for the, the conference he's going to, he's right. going to this conference for I think did they say it's two or three days or something like, like a weekend uh, or yeah, something. Yeah, I think it was a couple just a couple of days. I think. Yeah, it? yeah, and he's got to fill out this uh, this this I suppose contact details sheet, hasn't he? With like yep. her, you know the standard sort of bullshit address, home number, mobile, mm-hmm. and all that sort of nonsense. And and she takes a copy for it herself. She does. Creepy. It does. It does make you realise because I've been in that scenario. I mean, literally, I, literally in the last week or two for work, I've had to fill out a form for regards to like life insurance and so on. For, for not for not like a big life insurance thing, but on my work carries a certain policy with certain like my mm. wife will get money if anything happens to me when I'm working there and so on. I'm putting all my details and all my wife's details on there. Mm. Don't bat an eyelid. So I'm not I saying that anyone I work with is going to you know throw me off the top of a building or anything. Of course they're not. But it does make you realise how how easy it is just to jot your stuff down and have you checked your phone book ah uh, maybe there's a page missing in my phone what, book even scarier my whole phone book is missing <laughs> oh no <laughs> did you say that cat's not yours say no, tick see if you see if he reacts Tiggs? his name's toby actually you call him tobes that's <laughs> too far away is it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and and you can see straight away when he he throws the uh, the pictures in the bin, and she just kind of eyeballs them. You know, she's mm. going to take a picture. She is a freak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he tells her where his uh, where his wife works. It shows a boutique, so she's gathering loads of information here. Yeah. And you're starting to think, oh. And do you know what? I I think obviously I know I know because I've been watching, but I think I remember that around the first time I watched it. Or at least when I rewatched it, not realizing for some reason, just not not really pleasing everything together. Because I know that it that's his wife, but I'm just not sort of thinking like, yeah, she's going to get stitched up for murder. Yeah. I'm still not thinking that. Okay, I know that Pauline Quirk's right. character is going to murder someone. I know that she's now starting to follow his wife, who is the one that was in the court stands. I know that we're getting dodgy about Kerry. I've still not gone. Oh, she's about to stitch her up. Right. Okay. <laughs> Ah, uh, see, I, I did get that because that was all, yeah. you know, it was, it was all... obvious. Well, yeah, kind of. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So she she works out that she owns a boutique from him, uh, and she says she's not really interested in Claves, and he kind of gives this look like, no shit. Mm. Um, and then she keeps a keeps a copy of his details, as he said. Um, yeah, I've written here about her job is listening to calls. I think she's supposed to monitor them, but she ain't good at it. Um, and there's still a few personal calls going on there. Not just Kerry either. There's a couple from some of the other ladies. Um, and then <laughs> my notes I've written, mad woman makes an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> mad woman makes an excuse to go back into the office. So yeah, so this is when they were leaving for the night and she goes, Oh, I have my gloves or something. That's, yeah. Was, yeah. She uses the gloves as an excuse a couple of times, yeah. doesn't she? So then she goes back up to, um, to the office and she sees Kerry talking to Stephen. Mm-hmm. And now she is fuming. She is livid. Yeah. Um, coat goes home and that poor old cat, I bet he's there licking his bits, just chilling, having a nice time. Door goes, he is there starting. He thinks, Oh, fucking hell, here we go. Oh, this this crazy old lady's gonna yell and <laughs> rant at me, a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's back again. <laughs> now what's happened? 
Um, or maybe, maybe Tiggs loves it. He might like the drama. Do you think it's a bit of a drama puss? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> drama puss. <laughs> um, yeah, she's fuming. Um, having a right old rant to the cat. Um, and again, I think it's showing that she's might be a bit dangerous. Yeah. She's, oh, quite, she's quite physically imposing. Yeah. But the whole demeanor here as well is there is that edge to it. Mm. There is that, you know, you feel like she's going to do something. Obviously, the show dictates that anyway because of the nature of what we're watching. Mm. But the way the character is behaving, you feel this is this is escalating. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the next day, she's sort of having a moan to some of the colleagues, isn't she, about, um, well, about, I said about Stephen, but about the wife and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because one of them is moaning about her fella. That's right. Uh, yeah. Her name is Lisa. Lisa. That's mm. it, yes. And she is moaning about her fella. And yep. it, it was it was weird. Because it, I suppose, again, it shows how she's maybe not particularly good in social situations. Social when I say she, yeah. I mean I mean Jane, sorry. Mm-hmm. She, Jane is in this little scenario where people are chatting away and they're just talking about life away from work, I guess. And Lisa and, and Kerry and a few others are moaning about this at the other. And... Jane jumps to the defense of the p- potential husband or potential boyfriend mm-hmm. and instantly starts talking about Stephen and how his wife can be. And it's like, that's taking away the, the Stephen thing specifically, because that is just weird no matter what. Mm. It shows how she's not quite in the little social circle in work. She doesn't quite talk or, or, or interact on the same level as the other people that her peers, I guess. Even like earlier, you mentioned it, um, you know, earlier, they're all quite well done up. I mean, even mm-hmm. in the office, you know, they're all got their makeup on and they all dress quite nice. And she's there, no makeup, no, no sort of um, smart dress sense. Which um, is fine. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's absolutely fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Own, of course, it's, you just, know, but... it's just a visual uh, impact. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I hardly ever wear makeup to work anymore. I, I, it um, depends what time I get up. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, I've, I mean, I've worked for many years in uh, in care homes and most people don't because you can't really. Mm. And most people don't. There's nothing wrong with it. But it's just in this area, you can see it. I think it's just that done for a visual effect. I think it's done well. And they've done well, lots if, to if make her stand out. That, if you do work in that kind of office scenario, mm-hmm. there is an expectation that you're going to look a certain way. I mean, yep. it, it, I, I'm not going to, if I was working in an office scenario, I, I've had one job that lasted a few weeks i believe it or not i did not fit in but it's <laughs> where i couldn't turn up with my beard as big and uh, uh, looking the way it is now I, I couldn't turn up with a shirt that wasn't ironed i could you, you know you can't rock up wearing jeans or mm. trainers there's a certain i suppose dress code might be the right term mm. but there's a certain there's a certain way you should look and mm. a lot of these I want to say younger ladies as well who are working in the call center or, or in the in the customer service section Mm. they they all look like they are i suppose fulfilling that 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 side of things they all look they're not overdressed but they're dressed in a, in a, a smart professional smart manner. professional yeah, yeah yes yeah exactly um but yeah like you said they're all kind of having a moan and she's going well maybe some some women don't appreciate their fellas and all of a sudden they're like all right and then she says like Stephen, you know she doesn't appreciate her and i think it's, it's lisa says well i don't really get involved in his uh mm. in his personal life 
Um, that Lisa is played by Rebecca Egan, and apparently she was Connor's mum in EastEnders. I don't know. Don't know who Connor is. I don't know who Connor is. But that's who she played. Okay, so. there we go. <laughs> there you go, Steve I I don't even know if Steve I watches EastEnders. He's going to contact us and go, I don't even watch the bloody thing. Yeah, stop, <laughs> stop saying I'm an EastEnders fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, most people that are in the bill have been in EastEnders. Come on. Yeah, there's that thing, isn't there? It's like you have uh, people who have been in Casualty, EastEnders, mm-hmm. and the bill, and they kind of go in a circle. London's burning. I'd throw that London, in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Same as when, when we do the waiting room, looking at Quantum Leap. You can mm-hmm. guarantee that somebody in that episode has been in a version of Law and Order in America at some point. <laughs> we yeah, not, I don't think, I mean, Benny, if he listens, he can confirm this because he, he's, he's really up on this sort of stuff. But I don't think we've had an episode yet where there's not been a, a, an actor or actress who has appeared in, in Law and Order. Every single one. So uh, that must be the, the US version of EastEnders, London's Burning and Casualty. It must be. It must be. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, then uh, when they all sort of walk away, I'm just going to make a note of this quickly. When they all walk away, the other one I've written, so one of the ladies in the call centre, I don't think we ever learned a name, just sort of goes, uh, leans over to Jane and goes, I think Stephen's got other arrangements. Ah, uh, yes. Which yes. further sort of gets in Jane's head. Oh, it's it? like a red flag to a bull, isn't it? It's like, yeah. obviously that person making that comment doesn't, doesn't know she doesn't know what danger anyone's in yeah and that one tiny little throwaway comment Mm -hmm. has just thrown more fuel on this fire what did you think about at this moment they kind of zoomed in on kerry Mm. and then they had the (laughs) 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 uh knife music yeah it was like uh, that was a bit jarring wasn't it because a bit of cheese the first time that they did it (laughs) okay because at at, at this point I've kind of looked at Lisa and thought, uh, she's got dark hair, you know. I still didn't twig. Yeah. You know, I, the, the hair thing was a big thing for me. I'm looking at her thinking, she's got dark hair, you know. And Lisa's the one who turns and says, I don't, I don't want to know about Steve's marriage. Personal life, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but very specifically, she says, I don't want to know about his marriage. Right. And I thought that turn of phrase was odd. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay. if, yeah. Like you said, I don't want to know about his personal life is the... Mm. Is the you know, you'd imagine some variation of that is what people would say. But the yeah, fact that she's there saying, I don't want to know about his marriage or his mm. wife. She's very specific. And oh, like, suspicious side. And then I was like, oh, hang on. She's got dark hair. And she was the other lady earlier on who was bickering a little bit on the phone with yeah. her partner. So I'm starting to think, hang on a second. Oh, you're so good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you've, you've piece, I, I mean, I've watched it loads of times. I still didn't get all of that. You, okay. <laughs> you pieced it together. Yeah, perfect. You pieced it together so well. Um, yeah, I, I wrote about the music. I've just made note that the music on the show in general is, is not really needed for me, like we said. Um, I think it makes it feel a little bit dated. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like I say, that I, I watch that and I just go, hmm. And it, it slightly takes me out of the, out of the story. When it happens again later, it really takes me out of that moment. And there's not something else about that moment that does as well. But it really takes me out. And I said to you before, that's a problem for me when I get taken. If it's supposed to be, ha-ha, wink-wink, bottom, for example. Yeah. Bottom is supposed to be, this is all bollocks. Yeah. It's supposed to be a bit of fun, a <laughs> bit of whatever. When they're trying to tell a serious story, 
and you try and invest in characters, and then they kind of go hee hee. Uh, kind of that's what my was one of my problems with Neighbours, if you remember. It's one mm-hmm. of my problems with Flame that put me off um, when he looked straight at the camera, and it wasn't anything as advert as that, but just the music really kind of made me go, oh yeah, I'm watching a I'm watching a slightly dated TV show. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, I get you. I get you. I, I see it a lot with with Doctor Who, uh, especially the the very old Who, like mm. the, the, in the seventies particularly, I think, because you've got sort of late seventies, you, you've got uh, sort of synthesizer music coming in a bit more, and so on, and some of that can be quite jarring that in those certain scenes. But for the time, maybe it worked. I don't know. But here now, yeah, looking at it present day, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It's a bit off putting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, then, <laughs> then we, uh, she's looking for a stapler. Yes. Uh, and I, I thought this was, sorry, go on. You tell uh, me what you, you thought. And... Yeah. So, so she's looking for a stapler. This is Jane looking for a stapler and she goes, where's my stapler? He's got my stapler. And then Lisa, you mentioned earlier, kind of waves it and goes, Oh, sorry. And she goes over to Lisa while she's, I think Lisa's still on the phone. Does she hang the phone up? Yeah, she's still on the phone because um, yep. she has to say to the customer, I'll, I'll call you back or I'll put, place you on hold, doesn't she? Oh, that's it. And she goes at her just verbally, mm. just, you bitch, and this, that, and the other. Don't touch things that aren't yours. And all the, and uh, it, very, very intense moment. What were we going to say? What, what what did you think about, about this then? I thought this was really, really clever. I mm. thought this was brilliant because the, it could be, oh, I, can't, I can't think of the term, layers maybe? There's different layers to it. Mm-hmm. Because initially, you're thinking she is snapping here over something that does not really matter mm-hmm. because she's had the whole Kerry thing thrown yeah, in her face. Yeah, she's getting wound up. She's on yeah. edge. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, and on another level, it shows that she's escalating because she's reacting in that way over something mm-hmm. that doesn't really matter. But then a bit later on, when she goes to apologize to Lisa, Lisa says, I shouldn't have touched it. I could see you keep everything really tidy and in its place. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm paraphrasing here. This is you know exactly what she yeah. says, but and it goes back to the house that we mentioned where all the magazines are dead straight and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's that thing of okay, is she reacting that way because of the whole Kerry situation, or is this just another trait of her being a little bit on the wonky side, and it's affected her OCD, or is it a combination of both? Is it? It. it I think it adds to the character because again, it comes back to. She, she's obviously losing the plot. She's obviously mm-hmm. unraveling her her obsession, shall we say, with Stephen has got this additional challenge of a potential affair. So that's going to be affecting her as well. Mm. You know, emotions are running high, and then this this thing happens that is a real throwaway, tiny little aspect, I guess. Mm-hmm. And her reaction is blown out of the water. It could have just been that she's unraveling or she's stressed, but it also throws back to the the OCD in the house and how meticulous she is about keeping things straight. And I thought that was a nice little throwback. And the fact mm-hmm. that it was given to us by the character of Lisa mm-hmm. when she apologizes as, oh yeah, I know this, you like things just so so to speak, or you like things exactly mm-hmm. the way you like them. And I, I abuse that. I'm sorry. I thought that was a real nice touch because it shows that the character of Lisa is apologizing because she understands that she likes things in a certain way as well. I thought yeah. it was a real small little thing, but there's so many different little layers to it. I thought it was quite yeah. clever. It showed that she knows her, you know, it's not just, mm. yeah, it shows that she kind of understands there and knows her. Um, so Lisa's obviously upset and she goes for a cigarette um, on the roof. 
Um, and then uh, she follows her and she she apologises. And like you say, during that conversation, she says that she is very possessive. Um, but she said that she, that's a bit where she said she's had many things taken away in her life. Now, do you think, so you said about her dad. Mm. Do you think that he died recently? Uh, see, that's the thing. I don't know. I, I, the only thing I can get from that is the ages in the pictures that we spoke about earlier on. Well, that that's originally what I thought, that maybe when she was young. But then that might explain the house, because it's quite a big house. Mm. It's quite older, and it might explain maybe a mental break. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but I don't know, but it could, it could be, yeah, I don't know. Again, that is something I think uh, we talked about in every single episode. If there is enough, there's details in a lot of these episodes, but there's enough to make you kind of make up your own mind about things as well. Um, but certainly, you know, she certainly got, I think her dad does play into this. Yeah. Cause like when she was saying about wives don't, you know, maybe the women don't appreciate, I don't think that was just about Stephen. I think she's seen things with her dad as well. Oh, okay. There's no yeah. pictures. There's no pictures of her mum anywhere. Is there? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I didn't even make that link, but do you know what? That, that's really clever. You're spot on. That would play into this as well. And that would, that would, you know how we spoke about people reacting to certain things and um, there's aspects of their lives that come into why they, 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 you know, commit these particular crimes for particular Mm. reasons that there with her dad and the no images of her mum and backing the husband and so on. That would make perfect sense. That would be that. That's like proper criminal minds going back to you know why is this serial killer killing this mm-hmm. particular type of person or whatever. And I didn't even make that link. That that is absolutely spot on the money. That would make so much sense. It, again, it might be a jump. I don't know, but uh, but that's. I think this series is so good and giving you that kind of space. Mm. No, I think that was spot on. That. Um, yeah. So so. Was there a part of you that thought Lisa was about to go flying off the top of the uh, building because of the stapler? Uh, no, not yet. They were on the rooftop, but they yeah. weren't next to the... They were kind of leaning against the door. They weren't near the edge, were they? Yeah. And, and you get the... I, I suppose the sort of foreshadowing, don't you? Uh, Lisa says that she goes up there for a cigarette quite often. Mm-hmm. And then um, Jane says, I like to come up here quite often too. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. So, we, so we know that this, because when the, when the lady dies at the beginning with the dark hair, yeah, I didn't place, the first time we saw Lisa on screen, I didn't place that that was Lisa who died. Yeah. It was as things progressed, I was like, okay, that might be what it, I just saw the dark hair. Mm-hmm. Now, they're at the top there, it's obvious what is going to eventually occur, to me anyway. Y- yeah, and like you say, now there's a lot of plates spinning. Yes. Because... Jane's focused on the wife, and we know that the wife ends up in prison. We know that it's something to do with scissors, mm. and they mentioned—I think they mentioned Kerry's name in the trial. I think they did. They did. They said enough. Yeah, they said Kerry, didn't they? I'm yeah. sure they mentioned her name in the trial. So we know that Kerry's going to get it, but now we know Lisa's going to get it, and we don't really know what's going on. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, but this, it's yeah. good. That's what you know keeps you guessing. It's actually yeah, exactly. Um, she goes and gets keys cut. And she goes into Stephen and Mrs. Croft's house. I can't remember her name. Um, I've written the TV in the kitchen is classic. <laughs> Which are I said, the... I said they. Da- I said the TV and the TV in the kitchen date this, don't they? Classic is what I've written. See the TV in the kitchen. I don't remember. 
there's a little there's a small tv in the kitchen okay re- really little one um and then there's a tv in the front room but it's like the big yeah the the tv that i had until uh what <laughs> i think 2015 see that tv in the front room because it's <laughs> yeah. that kind of gray Mm-hmm. Uh, almost silver plastic and it's got the massive arse on the back of it hasn't it yeah you know and <laughs> yeah. it's uh, and it's got like two little cutouts at the back that you know are there for handholds to pick it up and it's it's you know it's yep. a big old thing i only got rid of one of those very recently yeah you know it served me so well yeah i got rid of mine 2015 just because the wife kept telling me to uh, if there was nothing wrong you had to hit it occasionally right sometimes sometimes it wouldn't really work you just and then it starts to get a clear picture. But See, mine was New Year's. I had mine for years and years and years, and it was sat upstairs, wasn't getting used, and it was mm-hmm. it was just sat there for a long, long time. Sharon kept saying, my wife Sharon kept saying, you need to get rid of it, it takes up too much space. But I couldn't, because I had that from when I had a little bed sit and was living on my own. This was like my first big TV I bought myself. It was a bit sentimental, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then one New Year's Day, going back a few years, we go to my sister's New Year's Eve, stayed there overnight, drove back the following morning, rushing in to watch Manchester United kick off at midday on New Year's Day. Turn the TV on, pop, TV went off. Oh, no. Knackered, 10 minutes before kickoff. I'm I'm hungover and I'm fuming. <laughs> and I suddenly just went, I've got that telly upstairs. So I bought the big telly downstairs, struggled all the way downstairs with it, plugged the skybox into the back, put it on, managed to watch the football on it. And it was that moment of justification where I could say to Sharon, ah, see, <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah the, the reason the TV in the kitchen took me back because my mum had a TV in the kitchen. Okay. Uh, my mum used to sit in the kitchen smoking. Right. Best place in the house to do it. Um, yeah, not, that is a kind of a normal thing, though. I know it is. That is a really it's normal thing. It? It's like yeah. you watch old episodes of Royal Family and they're all standing in the kitchen smoking, aren't they? Yeah. We do, I mean, even even living it? in this, I mean, Sharon's quit smoking like five, six years ago, but mm. she would go and smoke at the kitchen door. Yeah. yeah I do but, um, it's weird, isn't it? Why is that a thing? There we go. Yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> maybe, maybe the sink. Okay. Tip, yeah. tip the ash in there. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know that. I know that the uh, net curtains in there were yellow. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, she had a TV in the in the kitchen, and originally she had a black and white one in the kitchen with a little turndial. And when I got a little bit older, and she got a new TV in there, a new small color one. I got given the little black and white fella. I was allowed to have a TV in my room. Oh, I had a brilliant. little black and white. Yeah, it was great. I didn't have Channel 5 on it. Channel 5 is fairly new, and it didn't pick up Channel 5. But right. I got, got Channels 1 to 4. Right, I loved it. Little black and white My TV. sister had a little black and white TV with a turn dial thing as well. Yeah. I had the colour, because I was the older. You know, yeah. The old, old, so I had the colour TV in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And my sister had the little black and white turn dial one. And it would be like... It wouldn't say one, two, three, or anything like that. It'd be like, it would go from 20 to 22 to 25 to 28. And, you yeah. know, like 22-ish was BBC One. You had to tune it in and oh, get okay. the picture correct, you know? Yeah. Well, channel 5, she plugged a video player into the back of it and picked up Channel 5 through the video player. Why are you telling me this now? Well, I didn't know Where that. Where were you, then. like, 20-odd years ago? <laughs> Like in a bed five sit. years ago, whatever it was. In Where a bed you? sit with my big grey TV. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that, that got me a little bit of a nostalgia yeah, nostalgia pop stuff um and then we see the reported weapon don't we well she 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 does uh, and one of the times she goes to the house she picks up a knife and looks mm. at it and puts it back um maybe she was thinking 
maybe she was working out what she's going to do. Like I said, she's read lots of these sort of books about murders and stuff. So maybe she's trying to think it through. But we see the the scissors, don't we? Yes. Yes. And she's got her own, I suppose, not home office, but her own workspace at home, hasn't she? Almost like mm-hmm. it's almost like a conservatory, I guess, at the back where she does her her stuff for a boutique or clothing store. Yeah. So that's you know the scissors and all that sort of stuff are dotted around in there, aren't they? As well. Lots of material and all this kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, she picks a dirty shirt out of the laundry basket. Yeah. And she takes it home, and I've written she's a clothes sniffer. Sigh. She is. She's enjoying that. Yeah. Dirty clothes, giving a good old whiff. Mm. Um. Yeah, but again, that leans it into the obsession sense. side of things, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. She's, she's obsessed with him. Um, <laughs> oh, the days when not everyone had a computer at home. Okay, she's talking to Kerry in the office, and Kerry, she's basically saying like, "What are you doing here?" Uh, and Kerry says that the reason she's been staying late is because she's been using the internet. <laughs> I'm using the internet. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I get no peace at home. Oh, and I haven't got a computer. Surely yeah. you would just lead with, I haven't got, a, I haven't got the internet home. Again, I think it, <laughs> they were putting in a little bit of lightheartedness. Yeah. There was a couple of, there's a couple of little things like the, like the meal, but that kind of like, oh yeah, I don't really get any peace home. And I haven't got a computer. Yeah. But again, it's Dawn. <laughs> That's a Dawn comment, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's hundred percent Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's, she's there because she's using the internet uh, and she's doing a course in accountancy. Mm. Yeah. Good luck to her. Yeah, good luck to her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bless her though. It's it's show because we we know she's probably going to die. Yeah, and you know she's quite a sweet. She's Dawn. She's fairly yeah. sweet. She's nobody wants to stab Dawn. No, well, there might have been a couple of people, but well. no. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't think so. Well, I would. I wasn't thinking that way, you dirty bastard. But no, I was, was I? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, Swiss. <laughs> uh, before we start talking about thirty pounds again, um, yeah. Then she's ironing his shirt, which I thought was a good touch. Mm. She was ironing his shirt. Uh, I like details like that. That shows off the, her mental state. Um, and the, I, I don't think they needed to say there. It's all ready for him. Right, okay. Or whatever she said. It's just something yeah. on the lines. There you go, it's already. I think had she just hung it on the hanger, I think that would have been a little bit more subtle. It's a tiny nitpick. But But she's explaining this to Tiggs again, isn't she? Yeah, she's talking to the cat. And you know, the cat is watching her eye on this shirt and the cat's she turns around to the cat and she's like, Oh, it's already for him now. And the you know, this cat's looking at her like, What the fuck is going on? <laughs> you if it wasn't crazy. for this food, I would be out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as that bearded bloke down the road opens his door, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so while she's talking to the cat, and then, then they go to the newspaper cuttings, um, and she's making a note, old school, yeah, cutting out newspaper letters, your husband's a wanker or whatever it says. The old-fashioned hey, <laughs> note, isn't it, you know? Yeah. Um, she goes to the boutique uh, that his wife uh, uh, owns, uh, and asked for a plain black leather belt. It's quite funny, again, when she walks in, that uh, the wife gives her a look. That mm. you shouldn't be in here. Yeah. And she walks over like, yes. Um, and she's like, oh, can, I'm looking for a black... Have you got any belts? She's like, well, yeah, we have belts. I just want a plain black leather one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, her level of customer service is shocking here. Have you ever had that? Because I've had that. 
How do you mean? What way? Where you're meant I've to feel like you For I went yeah. to. I was looking for a seat a few years a few years ago, and I walked in. And usually, I wouldn't get my seats from a posh shop. Uh, I usually get them from Poland nowadays. But this was before that, I think. Um, but I went in in like a hoodie. Uh, I think I probably had like a Led Zeppelin T-shirt on or something. I was okay. like late teens, early twenties. So it was, you know, a while ago. Uh, you know, trainers are probably a little bit scuffed or whatnot. Because we thought he could then. Um, <laughs> and I walked in and I was like, oh, I'm looking for a seat. And they, he did look at me like, yeah, won't afford anything in there, mate. Um, but little did he know, yes, I only earned £80 a week, but I also had no life. So I saved a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, had it where I've walked into a bar before. Not oh, really? in Gloucester where I live, but I'd gone to see, I can't even remember the band I went to go see now. I think it was somewhere in London and I walked into, you know, you get off the train and you walk into one of the first bars you see mm. and I'm wearing, you know, like a pair of daps, cons, whatever. And I've got jeans and they got holes in. You can imagine I'm going to a metal gig, you know, I've got my yeah. you know, tatty leather jacket with patches on the back. My hair's down and long and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I probably stank to be fair. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking on the train on the way up and everything. Like and uh, I walk in and you could just, feel the atmosphere change and, and you know it, it wasn't quite the moment where the record scratches and everyone turns around like in the old westerns <laughs> yeah. but I'm walking in and there's a lot of people in shirts eating meals and all this sort of stuff and i'm just like yeah can i have a pint and the bloke behind the bar was just sort of, there was a moment where he kind of paused and just looked at me and i was like is he going to ser- serve me yeah and eventually I'd, i only had the one i was like yeah i'm gonna get out of here this place sucks yeah but yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 um but i i recognize that kind of uh right that kind of look but yeah she she's looking at her like mm, you shouldn't Scooters be here as well mm? it's a closed shop mm-hmm. it's not a very big one it's no. obviously it's a private you know private run boutique i suppose yeah you mm-hmm. know um the shop front is on what looks like what would be like the high street or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's got two little windows there. No real clothes in the windows, just a couple of scooters. <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs> no. Have a look. There's no clothes in the windows. There's like, <laughs> you know, the metal stunt scooters that the kids ride? The skinny <laughs> yeah. metal, yeah? There's a couple of scooters with like sort of purple or pink plop, your bits around them. There's no clothes. <laughs> she's shit at this. Yeah, she's crap. <laughs> <laughs> there's a little place near me i don't know if it's still open uh so the town i live in i think i've told you si about it uh before but it's got like cobbled streets and it's quite lovely that's certain parts that are quite well to do and whatever there's there's a there's a point in the town you reach a certain point and you end up in scum avenue okay. and then if you get through that it's around poundland around poundland there's just people shouting at pigeons and then you get a little further along, and there's like there's a little mini mini Tesco. And it's the worst Tesco I've ever been. And you walk in, it stinks. All this. Then if you get a little bit further past that, you get back into the nice area. Okay. But there's just a section that is like you know, my home, Scum Avenue. That's where I belong. <laughs> um, but the main town's really nice. You have got Scum Avenue, and then you go a bit further, and they've got like this other world kind of little street. It's one of those little winding roads with cobbled streets, and the shops are like. There's a cookie, cookware shop, but it's like, you know, okay. they, they sell like five pans. And there's a there's a alcohol shop, but it's not like a it's not an off license. It's like they sell things that you can make your home brewing kits with. And they sell like really oh, yeah. nice craft beers and stuff like that. You've got a cheese shop. You've got all like the like the little posh shops. 
And there's one there that I took my sister to. My sister ended up spending a lot of money in there, about 600 quid, and then returned it all. So they arranged to send it to her, and then she got home, she was like, I have three kids and no job. I cannot justify spending 600 quid on those clothes. Uh, so she Amazing. rang them up and cancelled it. Um, but she gets sort of carried away. And it was called... I can't remember what it's called. Um... Oh God, I can't believe it. Uh, something um, pocket watches and petticoats, or something like this. All oh, right, okay. And outside during the summer, they have a little old '50s style radio playing music. So when you're walking, you can see the radio and you can hear it. They're playing like '50s music, and you walk in, it's all those kind of, you know, that the, like the the dresses that flow out and they've got cherries on them and all yeah. this kind. Of, it is such a cool shop. Yeah, I'm not gonna have It's such a cool shop. But when I walked in there with my sister, I was like, "You got to see this. You'll love this." They did give her a bit of a look. Right. And they were right because she ordered a load of stuff and then cancelled it. But because <laughs> she, cause she, my sister's from up north, you know, she walked in like, oh, it's bloody lovely in here, isn't it? Like, <laughs> oh, look at that dress, cocker. And I'm like, could you get a scooter there? No, no scooters. <laughs> no scooters. Oh, no, but you. there was an old fifties radio, which is why I was kind of into it. <laughs> maybe that's what she was. Maybe she was trying to lure people in with the scooters mm. and then sell them a belt. Uh, no one-legged transport for you here. Just so to keep your trousers up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, <laughs> she gives the mad woman a right look. Um, <laughs> she gets the belt. Later on, uh, Kerry tells Jane that she's going to use the computer again tonight. Um, and now he's gone already by this point. He's gone over to his um, to his function, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, so... My mind, but again, she she's not thinking clearly. So my mind is, Kerry's going to that office late tonight, and Stephen's not there. Mm-hmm. Jane knows Stephen's not there. So would that not be start to be the moment where you go, oh, maybe she is actually using the computer? You'd think so, wouldn't you? But she's but she, unraveled she's quite so quickly by this point, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we're now... I suppose when we get to the, the scene shortly, it, it explains more, because we get the, the, the sort of... Um, mirroring of the court run through don't we of mm. the evidence and so on but before that we're starting to see things coming together and i think this is now it, I, I think there's been a snap there's been a break and we're past the point of no return now i think yeah. she, in her head this is happening regardless of what what else occurs because mm-hmm. buying the belt and she's basically you know not just the belt. There's other stuff that goes on as well. Obviously, when she's in the house and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, she goes to the house again, takes uh, like I said, turns the page out about the private investigator, or she, or she circles it, or she takes it out. One of she two. takes it out, I think, and she leaves the letters um, that mm-hmm. she's made, and she takes hair out of a hairbrush. Yeah, and the, it's almost like she's even using the supplies from there, isn't she? Like the yeah. thing to carry it in and everything she's taken from yeah, the bin the bags that she takes from there. I mean, that was a brilliant touch. That was that takes me right back to a really old episode of CSI, where mm. they they you know they caught the guy or they they got fingers pointing at the guy and had to find more evidence because of a rip in a bin bag that he'd used, and it traced the bin bag back to his house. Yeah, she literally everything she uses she takes yes. from the house. Really, yeah, really, really clever, clever. Mm. and. I think this is a case now where a line has been crossed. This is happening no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got another nitpick. Okay. How did she know at that time that the wife wasn't going to be home? Would she have walked past the shop again? Because surely by this point, that's not lunch break. She's already been out on lunch break. Didn't she? Is that lunch break again? Didn't we see her outside the shop and she sees the wife and then goes round? 
thought that was. I dish. thought that was earlier in the show. Okay, maybe it was then. I don't know. Maybe maybe she just gets a lot of breaks from listening into people's calls. Mm, yeah, but she, she seems to be spending a lot of time. And maybe. Um, I say good details that she's uh, here as well because now she's starting to make sure that as many people as possible see her leave. So we're, really? we're now in in the office, but she's she's doing little things like she's she's making sure she's at the front of everyone they're walking out, and then she says. Uh, you know, bye to the to the uh, security guard. She even when she pulls her car out, she pulls down the window. See you later, girls. Yeah, yeah, that is so clever. Yeah, so so clever. Doing every little thing um, before. Well, before that, she goes downstairs, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. And she goes into the car park. Car park. Uh, she area? puts a bit of card, doesn't she? In like yeah. the. Uh, I suppose, yeah, like the, the the sort of doors you'd imagine where you, you're going out to chuck all the rubbish in the skip at the end of the day, yeah. that sort of thing, isn't it? And you've got those the, the big sort of push bar open and shut jobs, mm-hmm. haven't you? Yeah, so she puts puts that in there so that she'll be able to get back in the building. Yeah. So when she pulls out, she says bye. So everyone sees a car leave. The security guard sees her leave. Everyone sees her, sees her leave the building. So she, they're not even going to... And again, you know, she's this kind of outsider almost in there. So mm-hmm. people aren't going to really be thinking about her um yeah uh that uh, little details that i liked and like you said she put the cardboard in there in the fire escape um then we she goes up she lets herself back in uh she goes up and that's where it happens yeah and uh, what did you think about the actual i i think it it comes back to again the um the premeditated, med, the premeditation of this mm. act, because obviously we see all the planning going in, and I suppose we should be singing her praises because she's she's killing someone, she she's the bad guy, but mm. it's brilliant, it's so clever, it's so well done. She has literally thought of everything, meticulous. It is so good, you know. She is so good at this. Mm-hmm. And then we have her call Kerry's mobile. This is the one thing I, I didn't like about this, to be fair. Okay. This is the one moment I thought was a bit odd. Kerry sat using the internet yep. uh, to do her accountancy, mm-hmm. student stuff. And the camera kind of spans across the desk where they all sit, the long desk with the, with mm-hmm. the, the, the phone terminals on and so on. And there, there's, I, it, there's a pink phone. Mm. And next, next to it, I think, was her iPod, maybe. It looked like a separate thing for playing music in a blue case. I think it was an iPod in a protective case. Oh, it wouldn't have been an iPod back there, but yeah, like an MP3 player maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah, okay, MP3 player. player, something like that, yeah. Yeah. And then she calls Kerry's phone mm-hmm. to get Kerry to leave the room where she's using the computer because she can hear her phone she gets up to go and fetch it. Yeah. To me, and maybe this is a more modern day thing, I don't know, but why would she leave her phone on the desk She's not looking to go back and return there because she's turned all the terminals are turned off. Everything's turned off there. Mm-hmm. If her if her work computer was on and she just nipped across to a different computer or whatever, I can understand. But the computer was everything was shut down. She's got a cup of tea or coffee at the terminal she is using. Mm. So obviously she's in for a few minutes. Mm. Why has she left her phone in the other room? That seems odd to me. As you started saying it, I was like, oh yeah. And how would she know that the phone was in the other room? Did she see it? How would she know that the phone was in the other room? What would she have done otherwise? As in Jane, how would she know? She must have seen it. Maybe the scan across the room was from her viewpoint then. But what would she have done otherwise? Don't know. 
just called one of the internal yeah things. potentially yeah it's an opportunity but then moment. wouldn't that have shown up for the security guard would you not have seen that maybe yeah it did buzz later on but didn't it when the phone yeah. was answered that's right maybe she was just lucky Maybe she's not as meticulously planned this item as we thought. Shout out for the pink uh, Nokia phone case, though. Yeah. Yeah, that, oh, those phones, man. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? You know, the size You'd of have all the market stalls full of those, wouldn't you? All the different... Yeah. yeah. My mum yeah, had a bigger all... one. Ah, oh, nice. Okay. That's yeah. all Gloucester is now. It's pain shops and, you know, the sort of, shall we say, independent phone shops. That's yeah. all Gloucester is. Bookies, pain shops and that. I look forward to visiting again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so she walks out to get her phone, and this is where um, what is she wrapped up in? She's uh, James dressed in something. Oh, that's sorry. That before I got uh, before I got distracted by the whole phone thing. <laughs> um, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, the, yeah. The, it shows how meticulously she's planned this out. She's she's wearing like almost like plastic sheeting made into a mm. suit or like a body. You know, it's the sort of thing, you know, we got Wars' ice cream, Unilever or whatever they're called, not far from where I live. And I, I've done te- I've done shifts there via agency work and all that. It's the sort of thing you wear when you work in a food place like Wars' and you're factory mm-hmm. making Viet- Vietnettas I was working on. It was bollocks. It was one of the worst jobs I've ever had. But you're wearing these, you're wearing this all over plastic suit and a hairnet yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. She walked out and I thought, ah, looks like she works at Unilever. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was that. It was the whole complete preparation. Yeah, no risk of doing any on. DNA of her own. Oh, absolutely. So clever. Puts a hand over her mouth and mm-hmm. then stabs her with the scissors. Now, this is the moment I talked about. That is all so clever and it's so well done. And then it does these quick cut shots and it goes, ha, 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 ha. Right, and she's okay. stabbing her. And I just, I was in it. I was like, here we go. This is, and then I went, oh. Mm. And it just ruined it for me ruined it for me it was a bit moment. it was a bit jarring wasn't it it was very like i said just 70s a, like Doctor i can't Who, imagine they would do that now no i think we've and even like even the effect when she hits the floor and the blood's coming out of my mouth it just doesn't look it doesn't look realistic to me it just no. look, yeah but i was like ah, oh. the blood's it's, another thing for me because we see the blood quite um it, it, it's quite obvious on screen and so on mm. uh dawn or, or kerry ends up on her back and she's got this this circle of, of blood on her chest where she's been stabbed because uh, effectively for those listening if they haven't seen uh jane comes up behind her cups her mouth with one hand reaches over the top of her shoulder with her other hand and stabs her in the chest doesn't she mm-hmm. quite a few repeatedly. times repeatedly yes and first of all why quite a feat of strength that is because i don't know if you've ever tried to you know stab someone in the breastplate (laughs) yeah (laughs) scottish danny will back us up on this not recently it's it's you know you you tap yourself there that's a hard place to hard area and those types of scissors i don't imagine they're particularly sharp in the point i imagine they're sharp on the blade she's very angry even though she's thinking she's very angry like i said she's quite physically intimidating i think this is yeah the way that she carries herself but the puddle of blood Mm is it there's like there's like the blood patch i guess mm-hmm. on dawn's chest because she then uses this for various other bits of bobs i'm sure we'll, we'll run through in a moment but it is is she's bled so far and just stopped yeah the blood i the blood wouldn't stop coming out 
No. Even, even if she's led on her back, that wouldn't happen. And especially with the fabric she's wearing, she's wearing this kind of thick knitted wool kind of you know, jumper. Hardy. Yeah. 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 That would be soaking up the blood. The blood would be consistently spreading, not just in a perfect sort of circle on her chest, to me, anyway. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, just um, maybe even the... I don't know, just... It, that took me out of it, and then I, she goes down, and it's very light, maybe it would be very light-coloured, but it just didn't look... Even out of her mouth, it just didn't look realistic to me. Mm. It just kind of took me out. And the, the, what's really frustrating is, spoilers... We see later on that scene that you we saw when we got into it, and we see the body close up, and that is so well done. Yes, that is so realistic, and the yep. blood looks realistic and it, it, brutal looking. And I'm like, well, why does this one that's supposed to be like the main thing look so sort of cartoony in the way they did it? I don't know. It, it, for me, it's it's uh, it was the bit that took me out. No, mm. oh, yeah. um. Yeah, and then the, what you said happens. So now we've got the voiceover, which is from the courtroom. And as they're going through these points of evidence, they're cutting to – we're following Jane doing it. So like you said, she dips the um, trainers in on Kerry's chest. Yeah. Um, she gets the hair off of the brush and she puts it in her fingers. I uh, um, see the hair one. The hair one she took – she took a big old clump of hair out of a hairbrush, didn't mm-hmm. she? There's quite a bit there, mm-hmm. you know, and people can imagine the sort of hard wire brush and it all sort of gets mangled in there, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. And, um, she took a lot of hair there when she took the hair out that she got it in a little, you know, plastic carry bag as well. So it doesn't get mm-hmm. lost when she takes the hair out and you hear the, uh, I suppose the prosecutor, it would be, wouldn't it? Running through mm-hmm. in the courtroom uh, as the voiceover, they're saying, and there was hair on the body. I'm thinking that's a lot of my my mind. If I was a detective, I'd be thinking that's a lot of hair. But then they explain it as where where Kerry had fought back and pulled hair out of her attacker's head, mm-hmm. and we see Jane place this big clump of hair in her fingers quite carefully. I was like, man, they've even thought of that. Yeah, because she kind of laces it over the fingers, yes. doesn't she? Yeah. yeah, that was very well done. Really good. Um, yeah, she she hides the uh, the items in that one of the back bin bags, like you said, and then puts it in one of the ceiling tiles, but makes sure to uh, rub a little bit of blood on it. Yeah, so it's not good. done very well. Um, she moved. She moves Kerry, doesn't she? I think so. She drags her a little bit um, in order to to make it look like that's what the killer did mm. to try and call um, Stephen up. So, yeah, so um, we've got a, a load of different bits around um, <laughs> put it, she, she dabs the shoes and carries blood. They were 40 quid then, I've written. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so then that's around the time that she calls Mrs. Croft, right? Yes. So then she, she calls with the mobile? Or with the... Uh, she uses an office phone, but there's no answer. Where does she ring with that? Ah, she uses the office phone to ring the house. Right. And there's no answer. She then uses the mobile to ring Mrs. Croft, who's still in the boutique, isn't she? Isn't she still working? Got you. 
Yep. Yes, that's right. And then she pretends to be Kerry mm-hmm. and says that Stephen's not well. And she said, well, he's supposed to be at that, that event. And she said, no, she's come here. He's come here. She didn't really seem that bothered. Um, no. So she was really having to push it. And I thought that was a good detail because we've been saying that this wife doesn't really care. And then had she said, you know, he's not well, you know, I need you to come over. And she just gone, oh, right, yeah, I'll be there. She, she was kind of like, well, why is he there? What's wrong with him? I'll just put him on the phone. Yeah, you know, exactly. She, I thought that was a good detail because that was yeah. like, yeah, that infits with the whole the whole piece, really. And uh, watching this, what are you thinking? Because obviously we, we kind of know that she's going to sit her up. But what, how did you think that was going to work? Because obviously we got... Did, did, did you did you know uh, that's going to happen? I, by this point, I'm thinking they've got this... She's got this wrong. Because we spoke a few moments ago, didn't we, about how this was going to happen no matter what. She's mm-hmm. hit a breaking point. Something has snapped. This is going to happen no matter what. And, and you said yourself, Mort, that when the, 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 the sort of explanation of Kerry using the computer was given, and she was using the computer even when Stephen wasn't there, mm. makes you kind of think, okay, maybe she's not having the affair. I've then kind of come to the conclusion, right, she's not having the affair, somebody else is. And then you okay. naturally jump to the thought of, well, you know that Lisa goes up to the top of the building. Somebody mm-hmm. falls from there with dark hair. You know, and it comes back to that line from Lisa going, I come up here quite often. You, I then start thinking, okay, did she jump because she's really upset that mm-hmm. her boyfriend Stephen has died? Or, 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 sorry, that this has happened and Stephen's, you know, lost his wife and that all this, Kerry's passed away and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Or does she get pushed? Yeah, I've come to the I've come to that conclusion, but not you're now exactly starting to look ahead. Yeah, yeah. The, the details aren't there. Yeah, yeah. Um, eventually, she does agree to come because um, she goes, "That's very odd." Uh, it's very, this is very odd. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> um, she tells her to come to eighth floor, not the ninth, uh, where the offices are. And then she goes, "Just do it." <laughs> um, <laughs> And I, I, when I first watched it, I was like, well, why would she do that? Why would she send her to the eighth floor and not the ninth? Mm. Um, but they, they, they did kind of, kind of explain that because they said that's where they, where, where they put him um, and where she was supposed to be heading to. And also on the actual uh, ninth floor is where Kerry's body was. Yes. So obviously she can't go there. Yeah, and it's quite um, clever as well, isn't it? Because it, she she says there's a sofa on the eighth floor which he can use. Yeah, which explains away the difference in where the offices are to where where she's saying her husband is. Exactly. Yeah. So then she calls uh, Jane calls the security guard, pretending to be Kerry, to say that um, the the wife is coming to have a chat, something like this. She's going to come and um, oh, uh, Stephen's wife is coming in. Uh, just let her up. Yeah, like don't worry about calling up to check it's okay. She's coming up. It's fine. Just send her straight up to the eighth floor. Yeah, that's right. Um, so then she goes up there and she walks up there and there she's left a little sign for her to say, feeling better now, I've popped off. So the idea was just to get her into the <laughs> building and go, it wasn't word for word, um, to go get her in the building and then leave was the yeah. idea, right? But she goes, this is weird. I'm going to go to the ninth floor and see if there's anyone there. What's going on? Which is out of Jane's plan. Mm-hmm. But actually ends up working really well for her. And I thought yeah. this was quite interesting because usually when you watch programs like this, if they do something like that, you're like, oh, you're about to get caught out. 
and that's the reason they've done it. But this was actually really good because it's something that, that it's a little detail they didn't need to put in that actually ended up working for the killer. And you think, wow, that, you know, she's yeah. completely got away with this. Um, because, because she goes to the ninth floor, there's evidence that she was on the ninth floor. Yeah, like uh, fingerprints on the on the elevator and door mm. handles and so on. Yeah, yeah, which wouldn't have been there otherwise. So there's it's extra evidence, and she doesn't she doesn't see Kerry. Um, yeah, so it's like on the on the lift button and stuff like that. Uh, then Jane dumps the bag, and I put uh, she's done a perfect job of stitching up Miss Croft, and poor old Kerry is quickly brushed under the carpet because I feel like she was a bit. Yeah, the, things move very quickly. I mean, obviously, there's an hour-long show, and I think mm. this is paced really well. There's not a moment in this where I'm thinking, oh, this is dragging, or the, the other side of that where you think things are being skirted over too quickly mm. until this moment. Because mm-hmm. the whole carry thing does kind of, like you said, get, get sort of brushed under the under the rug a bit. Yeah, because you're just this like, innocent, yeah. young person with a whole life ahead of her, and you're like, oh, well, that's done. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I guess... Again, we come back what to there's only, a, there's only an hour long show yeah. and there's other things they want to cover that are, that are far more important to the writer, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a shot of Jane looking at that little photo that she took of him saying, uh, you're mine. I thought that was good. good oh, shot. As we hear the the court giving the guilty verdict to... Yeah, that was really wife. good. Yeah, that was clever. You're mine. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we sort of go into the future a little bit mm-hmm. yes uh and she's following Stephen, and, and she's got lipstick on she's done her hair as well and you almost think bless her yeah <laughs> because she actually had she not have been a murdering psychopath you think oh bless her she's actually trying to make an effort. that's her yeah. idea of effort <laughs> she's yeah and, and the thing as well is <laughs> lipstick on you imagine and again i'm not trying to defend the killer but <laughs> but you imagine if Stephen gave her a chance Mm. She'd probably look after him quite well, you know. Until he looks at someone else and then she murders him. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> and I'd worry for Tiggs as well in that scenario. Yeah. Poor old Tiggs. Poor Tiggs. Um, yeah, uh, he's at his wife's boutique, shutting it down. Mm-hmm. And um, she she goes over to him. She's trying to talk to him. And I've put, he sells the rest of the technology. You know, he sells his disinterest quite well. I don't think he overrates yeah. it. Now, I'm going to be honest. I think just in, so we don't see much of him. In this scene, I think he was really good. Yeah. Because he was so realistic. Some of it, as I say, I, I think Paul McQuarrie was, was brilliant in this. I do think she was. But some of it, and I think it may be direction, was a bit cartoony. Yeah, yeah. He just felt like a real person. Yeah, totally. And, and when not, he, not when, just here as well, when he goes into the office. The whole lot of it. He just yeah. feels real. And when uh, when she's kind of trying to talk to him here, he's trying to humour her. And he's kind of going, yeah, well, you know. Because uh, he, he clearly twigged that maybe she's got a bit of a thing for him. And, mm. and she's he's shooting her at shot her here, let's be honest. She, she's, yeah. She sees the opportunity. She's gone in. She's shooting her shot here now. Yeah, and he just, he's you know, but he doesn't over-egg it and doesn't make, he's kind of like, hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was really, really quite good. Um, I've written there, he, he doesn't feel like he's playing a character. Mm. Yeah. Um, then a little bit forward, uh, again, have I missed something there, have I? No, no, no. Oh, this, right. this, this one, yeah. Um, uh, then a little bit forward again, he goes into the call centre um, and he collects his stuff and he makes an announcement that he can't carry on there due to obviously... Um, his wife murdering one of their friends and colleagues, and again, it's so it's really real. Yeah. 
yeah. and it is that thing as well. It, it's so, in a way, it's so obvious. Why would he want to carry on working there? Yeah, but it obviously didn't enter Jane's mind no. before this, and it also didn't enter my mind. No, I wouldn't either. think. Yeah, but when it's said, you're like, oh yeah, of course. Why would he? Yeah, a young girl was murdered there by your wife. Why would you go back mm. there? Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. It, it's it, real motivation. Um, she follows him. She's obviously, you know, panicking. She says, uh, "You're not leaving." He says, "Like you said, of course. Why would I stay?" It's taking him all of his courage just to come back into the building. And the way he said that as well was like, mm. you know, you can you can believe that. Yeah, you know, totally. Kind of been avoiding it. Um, and he says that he was uh, he's probably going to move abroad. Um, and I think that's when she starts to realise that she's a. Uh, She's ruined him. I'm not completely clear, but I think she's she's now going. Oh wow, I've uh, I've ruined this guy. Did you get that? Or I got not more really. selfish me. motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got more. Okay, he's he's not moving on to me. He's just moving on elsewhere. And I think that that's I was, that's kind of caused her to have a, maybe another little snap, another break. Mm-hmm. I think it's very everything is very self-motivated and she almost lives in a in a a sort of separate own bubble of, of her own reality you look yeah. at the phone oh, stuff, definitely, you know, you look and all that yeah. so when this is happening and it doesn't fit in with what she thought was going to happen i think it's all about her i don't think she's thinking about him yeah uh, and then and then she goes as she says she does sometimes she goes to take a breath because obviously she's you know what's going on uh-huh. so she decides to go to the roof uh-oh <laughs> and then she sees Lisa. So is that what you thought at the time? You were like, here we go. Yeah. This is it. Uh, were you still thinking that Lisa and him were having an affair when she walked up there? Yes. Was that kind of, yeah, you still feel yeah. like, yeah, I that thought Kerry... in my head, but we've I've discovered thought... so far that nothing does. <laughs> I thought Kerry's died here for no reason, basically. Yeah. Um, I've written, they have a chat. Um, so I've written uh, to ask you what you think of the final twist, but you'd already worked that twist out that she basically says to, to Jane, um she and she's she's crying and and jane kind of makes a comment like not that she deserved it but she's kind of makes a comment about kerry mm. and lisa says what well, you're saying she deserved it well no but if you will go around you know with married men and stuff like yeah. this and she's like well she wasn't i know for a fact she wasn't sleeping with Stephen because i was and this this dead stare. Yeah, it's not just that. I thought was great because she's staring at her, and you could mm. feel the anger at Lisa for this, mm-hmm. you know, this this situation. But there's also shock on her face at exactly the same time. Yeah, you know, and that was I think that was great because then Lisa then turns back to uh, Jane and says, "Don't look at me like that. These things happen." Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, you've completely misunderstood the situation, Lisa. She ain't looking at you because she's stunned that you were having an affair. She's looking at you because, in her mind, you were messing around with her man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, she says she thought she thought they would have been... She thought they were being discreet, but clearly not. Um, mm. And she's obviously feeling guilt, Lisa is, for Kerry's death. Um, and then Jane blames, like you say, she's in her own world, she blames Lisa for everything. Um, it's all Lisa's fault. Yeah. Nothing to do with Jane actually nah. killing the bird. No, nope. <laughs> putting together this really fault. in-depth, meticulous plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Lisa admits that she, uh, and I think this was the final straw. She said that she loved him, 
And she hopes that, you know, when time, enough time's gone through, they'll pick up where they left off. Uh, and that was the, ah, uh-uh, ah, no, it, you ain't, yeah. not my man. And that's when she pushes him, pushes her off the roof. Mm-hmm. And we're right Yeah. Back. Yeah. There's, I mean, that, that's basically the end of the show, isn't it? We get, we then get, yeah, we get the shot of her on the, which I've written here, looks a lot more realistic um, than Kerry's. Uh, because it, it's quite graphic, her body. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, um, she hits the glass. Yep. Rolls, and people go, ah, and scream a bit, because they just, you know, hits the glass and there's blood on the glass. And then she rolls off the glass rather than going straight through it. Mm-hmm. So you get the second water when she hits the concrete. And then there's blood pouring out of her mouth and so on. And her eyes are still open, staring blankly ahead. Yeah, it was very graphic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Jane slowly sits down on the bench on the roof, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, open-ended. See, now, this is where I have got an issue. Okay. Right. First, on, we're, we're at the end of the show now, so I'm assuming we're going to give our, our ratings and our, our, our stars of the show and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, right. So, spoiler alert, I bloody love this. I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. But I think this could have been slightly cleverer. Okay. If we didn't have the shot of Lisa falling to her death at the start of the show, yeah. If that, if if you if you can get the DVD or whatever, and start the program after that, mm-hmm. then that twist is huge. Do you think they did it just so there was a murder in the first few minutes? Potentially, it's str- it's that thing of you you turn over, bang! Oh, hang on, what's going on? So you, mm. you sort of you know. But to me, if that wasn't in the first couple of minutes, then it would be all about uh, the, the the sort of jealousy and the sort of unraveling in the mind of yeah that you know, twist of, would have been maybe a bit more. yeah. And then I also think the open endedness of it mm-hmm. could have been done a little bit better if after we see Lisa's body fall. Mm-hmm. When the two people who run to the body look up, they see. Um, I've got a bloody name. Jane. Yes, they see Jane mm-hmm. staring, staring over the edge. So she has been seen up there with her. Yeah. So they can they can argue. Oh, Jane was trying to Jane killed her, or they can argue Jane was trying to convince her not to kill herself. So mm-hmm. there is that still like that open endedness. Yep. But if she falls off, if basically you, know, you have the revelation of, you know. Dawn wasn't sleeping with him, I was. And the next thing you see, the body falling. And then people look up and there's no one there. Mm. But then we cut to Jane sitting on the bench, not mm-hmm. moving. That, I think, would have... I mean, again, it's little little things. That, I think, would have added the, a bit more to the what happens next. Because to me, okay. people are sinner. Yeah, um, I think the beginning bit, I agree completely with. I think they could. I'm trying to think how you could have a kind of an impactful opening. But I think if you'd have had the court case bit and maybe some quick shots of the dead body as they're talking about it, yeah, uh, that and, works. A, and a better looking dead body, as in not better looking than the lady that played Dawn. I'm not saying that. Lucy Davis. Her name is that right? Hmm? Lucy Davis. Her name is that right? Yeah, Lucy Davis. Um, I just didn't, didn't think. I say that. It, it, I thought it looked quite cartoony. But if you'd have done shots of the body as they're going through all of this, well, you definitely killed him. Um, and then they moved into the office. That would, I think, maybe get your intrigue going anyway, because you'll be going, yes. well, that's we know it's called Murder in Mind. That is so open and shut. 
and now we're in this office and we're following Pauline Quirk. So mm-hmm. how did she do that? You wouldn't even be thinking of, like you said, you worked it out, worked part of it out because you were like, well, she hasn't got black hair. Yeah. So if they'd have completely removed that, I completely agree. Uh, with the ending, I like the fact they saw her personally because it was so sealed shut. There's no way that her that that murder could have been traced to her. Mm-hmm. And she, you think it's a bit like uh, Vigilante. Okay. He's, he's completely gotten away with this. You know, he's, he's tied up all the loose ends and everything's coming up Liam. everything's coming up him everything's gonna be brilliant and then you they go oh the guy's awake in the hospital we're gonna go and see him now and he goes oh shit and then it goes end of it because you think he's done how's he yeah maybe he was trying to get out of this whatever for me it was one of those moments Mm -hmm. because it was like uh there's no way that they can would have even thought about her she was home dry yeah she'd done it she'd gotten away with it but then she her rage which we know she's got. She pushes the lady over. They look up, they see her, and they go, oh, oh she's there. And now they're going to start questioning her. They're going to start talking to her. And she sits there going almost like, oh, shit, that's, yeah. you know, what do I do now? And then ends. So for me, I liked that that element. Okay, fair enough. I think I personally thought that helped that sort of open in this bit because um, otherwise she could have maybe, like you said, just got away with it again. She's just gone downstairs and no one would have seen her and whatever. But I think now you're like, oh, how, how would she have gotten out that one? Yeah. Um, yeah because then, then maybe, you know, they're going to talk to Stephen and they're going to say, you know, this lady that, that fell, jumped, whatever, then he's going to, you know, go, well, actually, um, we were having an affair and like you said, she shot a shot earlier. This lady that was with her seems to have a bit of a thing for me. Things might start peer, yeah. piecing together a little bit. Um, so she might my, have got my horse overall then. Maybe. I'd, maybe. Exactly. I hope not. You hope that the wife is in prison for a murder she didn't commit. Well, yeah, because if Pauline Quirk's character goes to prison, who's going to look after Tiggs? <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I, then from that, am I taking that it's one that you're going to keep in mind? Yes, 100%. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really good. Great start to season two. Loved it. Great. Uh, I would keep it in mind as well. There were things I think could be done better, but I think some of it's age. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if it's age, but I think if they did it now, I think it would be done slightly differently. I think you could do the same story. But I think that that music wouldn't be there. Mm. I think the murder itself would maybe be more, because there was a long time we were building up to that murder, and it just kind of let me down a little bit. But there was enough sort of in there that I thought was uh, very entertaining um, and very intriguing and very clever. So yeah, it's a it's a keep in mind. But I don't think I'm as sold as you are. I don't think I would put it as my uh, my sort of you know my in my top tier. But no, 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 it's very 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 good. Mm. But it's not breaking my top couple of favourites yet. Okay. All right. Uh, and what about your VIP side? I'd, I'd have to go for Pauline Quirk mm-hmm. to me. I think it's it's relatively obvious. I think she's... She, okay, there were a few comical moments, but as you said yourself, more, it almost felt that was more direction than her performance. Yeah. But I think she was excellent. Mm-hmm. I thought she was really... And she, she portrayed this person who feels like they're in control but they're actually unraveling really well oh definitely 100 uh, percent. you know and it's like any of these kind of murder in mind you tend to be focused on one character so it's very easy you know 
yeah usually to be the person i'm gonna just to be a, a bit different as well i'm gonna go mark Wemmack. yeah well even though he wasn't those in later it, scenes yeah yeah even though he wasn't really in it much just when he was i just thought i just believed everything i mm. believed he was a grieving uh boss and a, and a grieving husband in a way and i believed that uh he was anxious about being it just everything he did was just like this is a real guy yeah, plonked in the story. So I think you have to give him his his shout out and his yeah. flowers. Um, is there anyone that really sort of stunk out the joint? We still haven't got a name for that. And we're we're like ten episodes uh, in. Are like uh, are getting the bin or wheat link or whatever. Yeah. Um, Just no. I don't think there's anyone that really stood out. If anything, if I Tiggs. had to pick something, no, Ooh. that cat's got range. <laughs> if I, <laughs> if I had to, if, if if anything, it would be the fact that we got the shot at the start that kind of ruined the twist at the end for me. Very good idea. Oh, look at you, you clever bunny, not picking a person. <laughs> As a, yeah. All right, then if we're putting things in, then for me, it's the it's the unnecessary music. The okay, uh-huh yeah. music. I think didn't need it. Uh, I've said to you before. I, I do like music and things, add add in drama and stuff. I do I do like that, you know. I think Lost started overdoing it, but I like the way Lost did it at the beginning and stuff like that. But I'm I'm a big fan of silence and hearing around the room. It's mm-hmm. one of the things I love about Luther when there's those tense moments. If they'd have just gone completely quiet and all you can hear is like maybe the little buzzing in the background from the computer, Dawn's footsteps, and then you hear these big plodding footsteps behind her, the rustling, the yeah. stabbing noise. Almost I a think- jump scare. Yeah, I think that would have been a lot more impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the, you know, I'm going horror tropes now, but maybe, you know, in the little bit that she walks through, one of the light bulbs is missing. So the yeah. bit where she walks is slightly darker than the bit behind. Uh, but yeah, just without the music. So if we're doing things as well as people, uh, there's no people particularly um, that I would say let the let the team down here. But for me, the the music maybe wasn't necessary. Took me yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. Lovely. That's, that's another one that we're keeping in mind. It's a really good series, guys, which is why we're saying you should watch it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next week we're going to go to series two, episode two, and it's called Disposal. I have no, I no, no clue about that. No idea who's in it. Nothing. Okay, so our main character is called Barry. And he's played by Rob Brydon. Oh, okay. Uh, Gwyn. Isn't he Gwyn in... Um... Oh, is it? Is it who he plays in um, Thingy and Stacey? Yeah, Gavin and Stacey. Never yeah. watched it. Never watched Gavin and Stacey. He is brilliant. He is, he is the highlight in that show. I believe he is, but James Corden's in it. I can't bring myself to that. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was Keith. Obviously, he used to play a character called Keith Barrett around this time. Um, I don't know if you remember that. So he no. used to, You know, like Alan Partridge... Yeah, obviously he's a character that uh, what's his name plays, and yeah. like Lee Francis plays Keith Lemon. So uh, he used to play a character called Keith Barrett when he first got famous, and he used to have a TV show. And Keith Barrett was supposed to be like a marriage counselor. Okay. So he used to get like celebrity couples on, and he would do like marriage counselling with them. It was really good. It was really funny. Oh, I've got one of his um, like Rob Brydon stand ups anyway, but I've got a, uh, a a Keith Barrett stand up where he did it as a as the Keith Barrett character. Um, where he's doing like a slideshow talk to the audience, brilliant um, about uh, about like marriage counselling and stuff. It's really it's worth looking. Keith Barrett live. It's worth looking up. Um, but he's a comedian, obviously. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not an, he's not an actor really. Uh, anyway, but at this point, he hadn't done any 
sort of active stuff. So he's the main character, um, and he's a bin man. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say one thing to you about it. Right. Accents. Oh dear. You're gonna you're gonna know. Uh, so we we will see what you make of the uh, of the accents. Um, but yeah, so that'll be interesting. Okay, I'm intrigued. No, I'm intrigued. Um, yeah, so Sire, that's kind of it, really. So, where can they find you if they want to see uh, more that you've got to offer? That sounds uh, the the best. Well, yeah, it's not like you know OnlyFans or something. <laughs> what have I got to offer? <laughs> Zip. Um, <laughs> Uh, for any uh, other podcasts and stuff I'm involved in, the best place to find all that info is via the network that carries this show. So that's at SJP World Media on Facebook and Twitter, and all your podcast players as well. It's carried pretty much bloody everywhere. And there's lots of wrestling stuff, TV, music, all sorts of stuff going on there. Not just for me, loads of other people involved as well. Definitely worth giving that a follow on all your social medias and just checking it out. I mean, if you're not a wrestling fan, you can dive onto the main feed, listen to a few of the shows, see what you like, and then each show has its own separate uh, stream or feed as well. So you can you know, just dive into that particular format of show, whether it's Doctor Who or whatever you may be into. Uh, so yeah, at SJP World Media. And this show itself, you can find at Murder in Mind Pod. Perfect. So you- like you, Mort. Well, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at MortyJR5, uh, and you can also find me on the Morty and Fitch podcast, which is completely different to this, as we said before. Uh, it is me and a, uh, I don't know what he is, half man, <laughs> half badger. I don't really, um, this strange sort of, this strange lump of meat mm. formed into the shape of a human uh, but he doesn't act or behave or speak like a human. Uh, but it's it's a good fun. It's just it's, you know it's just two two mates being a bit silly. Uh, it is all done for laughs. Uh, it's very funny. And, uh, I appreciate that, buddy. I, I, I appreciate that. But it's uh, yeah, it's it, there's nothing really serious on there. We do talk about serious things, but we do it from a uh, sometimes we do it from a jokey standpoint. Um, but it's just it's just to add a little bit of joy to our lives. Uh, and hopefully uh, a laugh to others. So. Well, it works yeah. for me, mate. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I pre- appreciate that. And you, you get shout-outs on it sometimes. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they might not be all the kind of shouts you would want to get. Uh, <laughs> but so far, you haven't been branded at all so far. No. So, you know, like um, uh, UTT Rob from the UTT podcast uh, sits by a fire in a turned-inside-out um, dressing gown. Uh, smoking a bubble pipe uh, and Millwall Chris uh, lives in a bouncy house so yes. none of that's happened yet but I'm sure it's coming Si with deer yeah with, with his deer uh, constantly escaping um, Dan Griffin likes a little tickle under his armpit to cheer yes. him up enjoys that um, and Cam Griffin gets a every time he's mentioned so, uh, yeah it's, it, it's, it's your time is coming buddy your time is coming okay I'll be intrigued to find out what mine is <laughs> Uh, yeah so we we will uh, see you uh, next week we will indeed <laughs>